Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Okay, guys, what's up, podcast? This week I have Mr. Tim Pollan on with me today, and he is the executive director of BNI for Louisiana and Mississippi, or parts of Mississippi, I believe. Um, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you, DJ? And I'm okay. So um, I wanted to get you on and kind of talk about what we're going through as business owners or business professionals, and also you're in New Orleans, Louisiana. So, I mean, what are you guys dealing with down there right now? It, it's crazy. Um, so we've been we've been sheltering in place or, or, or stay at home order uh, for several weeks. Actually, the mayor of New Orleans um, got ahead of this thing, and she put that order in place on Friday. And then on Monday, the governor of Louisiana put that order in place for the rest of the state. Um, you know, this 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 virus does not discriminate. It doesn't no. matter who you are. Uh, and if you get close to it, you will get it, and, and it can, you know, it will affect other people. Um, it is crazy to see the pictures of the French Quarter and Bourbon Street and Canal Street just flat out empty. Um, you know, nobody on the street, no cars. So the good news is that people are, are taking this warning seriously. They're taking this disease seriously. They're staying away from each other, and, and they're, they're kind of sitting in place. We've seen in the state of Louisiana uh, a really dramatic increase in the number of cases this week. Yeah. But we've seen that dramatic increase in the number of cases because we've got tests coming back. Right, exactly. You know, so um, I will tell you that they took – they had a couple of drive-through testing sites in New Orleans earlier this week. They had three of them. They shut one of them down. Uh, and moved it over to uh, one spot over at the University of New Orleans. So they had one in kind of close to the French Quarter and one at the University of New Orleans and one on the West Bank, and they weren't getting enough people coming driving through the one in New Orleans to warrant keeping it open. Right, okay. So they moved it out to UNO so that there's one place for drive-through testing, which to me was a really encouraging sign. It was a sign, you know, if you don't have as much people in line waiting to get through that drive-through, they're not showing symptoms. Right. You know, maybe this thing is, what we're doing is having an effect and we're starting to slow it a little bit. Yeah. I feel like it is. I think, I mean, it's going to work its way through no matter what, but if we can all just kind of, you know, do what we're instructed and make it through this hard time, um, we can hopefully see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, Tim, I'd like to get a little uh, background on you. So we, um, we've known each other for, you know, uh, probably like five years now, I believe, since we yeah. started our business. And um, I met you through BNI. And for those who are listening or, or watching, um, BNI's Business Networking International, it's a worldwide association where business owners and professionals can network together. Um, can you give me a little background of kind of how you got started, just, I guess, coming up from a kid and being from in New Orleans and growing up and getting into business and all that? Yeah, so I worked for a company called Muzak. Okay. Uh, I sold music systems to businesses, marketing on hold. Uh, if you've ever gotten on an elevator and you heard Led Zeppelin on strings, I sold that kind of stuff. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, and I had, uh, my job was cold calling and I had had a couple of sales jobs before that where it was a lot of knocking on doors and trying to talk to decision makers that weren't interested. Uh, and I had been looking for some sort of networking group, some sort of referral group. And I got invited to my first BNI chapter in 1999. Okay. Uh, in New Orleans. And I literally visited the group, visited the meeting, and went, this is for me. I'm home. This is yeah. awesome. So I filled out the application. I became a member. 
Uh, and I was a member for about eight months. And then the executive director who had the franchises before me came to me and said, hey, you should come work for me full time. You'd be good at this. I went, nah, you don't have enough money. You, I'm good. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. making good money doing this. And, uh, and then I took a leap of faith. A couple of months later, he had kind of been after me a little bit. And I took a leap of faith and, and um, became the managing area director for the state of Louisiana uh, in 2000. Uh, and then in 2003, I made a partnership with that guy and bought a majority of the franchise from him. So he okay. was still a silent partner, but I was executive director, which is what I wanted so bad. I wanted to be executive director. I wanted to own this thing. And then I did. Wow. And I was like, wow, what did I get myself into? Look at all <laughs> stuff I got to do. You know, business owners, a lot of times when you're the technician and you go into being the business owner, you go, you really don't know what you're getting yourself into. You're right. You're right. So um, I had the experience, you know, I got the opportunity to, to build chapters from 2000 until August of 2005, where I was rocking and rolling around uh, the state of Louisiana, uh, even including Shreveport and Bossier yeah. and, and uh, uh, southwest Louisiana. And then Hurricane Katrina happened. And Hurricane Katrina blew away half of our members and half of our chapters overnight. Uh, it was just gone. And it, it took us a couple of years to recover from that as it took everybody years to yeah. recover from that, you know? Uh, and so we recovered. The good news was that the members of our organization uh, that were a part of BNI uh, after Katrina were able to get back to business quicker uh, because we had the assistance of BNI members from around the globe. Yeah. They were sending us gas cards. They were sending us computers. They were sending us, um, you know, stuff that we needed to get back to business. And we had a great support system in the network uh, for BNI. Uh, I um, ran after Hurricane Katrina. I partnered back up with um, uh, my partner with with Dave, and we ran Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, and North Carolina for oh. BNI. Twenty eight hundred members, one hundred and forty chapters across four states. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it it was crazy. Um, but, you know, it, it, in 2008, I had my wife and I had twins, uh, and I was traveling so much that I just didn't want to do that anymore. So I, I pulled yeah. that back. Now I got Louisiana and central and southern Mississippi. We've got 61 chapters uh, across the two states with about 1,350 members, and um, we have pivoted every one of our chapters to an online meeting uh, in the last two weeks. Yes. Every one of them has a Zoom account, online meetings with a platform uh, so that we can help keep our members' businesses together. And when we get back to work, and we will get back to work, we hit the ground running. And yeah. we, we hit that V-curve and just skyrocket. Well, saying that, and, um, yeah, I, and parts of that story I didn't know, so it's glad to hear that. Um, in saying that, so everyone's had to make a shift in how they're doing business right now, whether it be, you know, communication, of course, or maybe losing, you know, operations or just, you know, making a complete shift in everything they're doing, you know, totally from working in an office with hundreds of employees to going home and we're doing everything via virtual. So Zoom like we're doing now and what is your what is your feedback on that? Not only for you know just members of BNI and the network, but business owners in a whole, or business professionals, or just anyone right now going through what we're going through. What you know? What have you seen? I know you've seen a lot, quite, probably quite a bit of negative and quite a bit of positive. What, what's your sure. take on that? Well, I, I tell you, do a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, 
uh, get with your banker, get with your CPA, your accountant, and make sure that you are um, applying for every bit of assistance that's out there and available to you. The way you're going to make it through this is with the government's help. I, yeah. I know that's crazy for a lot of us because we resist that. We can do it on our own. But the fact of the matter is you're going to need help through this. So make sure that you're applying for the things that are available for you and take advantage of those programs. Keep paying your people. Don't fire people. Don't lay them off. Don't furlough them. If you're less than 500 um, uh, employees, you qualify for this stuff. Yeah. Make sure you take advantage of it because guess what? It'll be forgiven. It's free yeah. payroll for you. And you're still going to have to pay the taxes on it. But, but it is payroll that you get to get out and you get to keep your people employed. That's number one. Number two, stay connected with your customers. Stay connected. Pick them up. Pick up the phone and call them. Send them a note. Hey, how you doing? Not, hey, do you want to buy something? But right, just, right. How you doing? Do yeah. you need anything? Is there anything I can do to help you? So that way when we're ready to get back, you reached out to them. You showed yep. them that you cared and they're going to stick with you for a lot longer uh, than that. And then the last thing I'll say is uh, start to form new alliances. Get involved. If you get invited to stuff online and it doesn't matter what it is, I got invited to a cocktail hour uh, in Charlotte, <laughs> North Carolina, uh, where a buddy of mine who owns a bar in Charlotte uh, did an hour-long presentation about rum and the daiquiri and the mojito That's and talking about how to make a proper drink, uh, which was really cool. And, and so the connections that you can make on these things can be invaluable uh, yeah. as you start to get back to business. And I will say one other thing. Uh, don't make it about you and, and what you need. Make it about giving to other people. Yeah. Make it about, hey, how can I help uh, DJ get through this thing uh, so that our relationship uh, continues to solidify and, and increase. And so th that, that would be the things I'd suggest that you, you do with your time. And that being said, I, I like I like you said that because, I mean, a lot of people right now are complaining about the time that they have to themselves and um, don't know what to do with it. We have a lot of people that, you know, may have been out every day wasting money on things or doing things that weren't vital to their family or their or their business. And now – we've all had to take a step back and kind of look at what's important. And, and, you know, what you said is, is very, very important because like you said, just reaching out to customers or family members or whatever it may be, or friends, you know, in these times is very important because a lot of people need that. They need yeah. something. They need, they need a little bit of positive energy and, um, and yeah, most definitely not try to sell to anyone right now because yeah, no. <laughs> oh, man, we're, we're losing business left and right. And of course, you know, no matter what industry you're in, it's really affecting everyone. It trickles down. I, I can't think of a market that this hasn't affected, affected except fast food. <laughs> I feel like fast food might have an uptick, but yeah. Right. You've got fast food, you've got groceries, you've got pharmacies, you've got gas stations. And yeah. if you are fortunate enough to have a toilet paper manufacturing warehouse <laughs> somewhere, you're making some good coins. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, I feel like it's humbling. You know, um, we, we, we're going through these things and it's bringing it all back home and making you realize what's important. And and that being said, when you said grocery stores, so tell me tell me about the chickens in the background. So are you? Are, <laughs> so this is this is a lot. This is years um, that I've had this in in my backyard, and it, it's a funny story. I went to a buddy's house 
Um, and he had little chicks and I've got uh, twin boys. And at the time I want to say they were probably six, seven years old or okay. so around Easter time. And my little boys went gaga over these chicks. I mean, they just were having so much fun. Uh, and I looked at my buddy and, and I hope he doesn't see this. I looked at my buddy. And I was like, well, that dude's kind of an idiot. If he can raise chickens, I know I can. Um, <laughs> so, and, and I didn't realize how much I was going to fall in love with those little girls. Uh, and, and they are just such a great little break for me. It's look, it's work. There's no doubt. You got to feed them. You got to water them. You got to clean them. You got to collect the eggs. You, get, you know, there's, there's stuff that has to happen, uh, there, but, and, and, and if you're looking to save money on buying eggs by buying chickens, don't because they're expensive. They're not, you got to buy the feed and the coop and all, you know, and kind of keep them up. Uh, although with what egg prices have done recently, it might be worth the investment. Yeah. But I will tell you when you buy a little chick, you're six to eight months away from getting your first egg. And those are a long six to eight months. <laughs> so how many do you have? I've got five hens currently. Okay, and how many eggs do they produce weekly? Uh, two. Well, they produce two to four a day right now. Really? Yeah. So yeah. you're in no shortage of eggs right now. <laughs> Ever, the really. Funny, <laughs> the funny part is my kids don't eat eggs. Really? It's crazy. They do a little bit, but, you know. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, those are my girls. Um, I, I, they're a lot of fun. I, I really do enjoy them. And I've got a couple of different breeds. And um, with this time that I have, uh, I am getting ready to build a new coop. You, that thing is really tiny um, <laughs> for, for those five girls. And so I'm going to build one that's going to be sort of at the fence level uh, and, and a lot wider. And then I'll probably end up getting some more chicks once I do that. Well, that's awesome. And you're right in the – are you uh, – where are you at in, in New Orleans? Um, are you like outside of the central so area? I'm, like, I'm in Metairie. So I'm, okay. I'm about six blocks from the New Orleans parish line. Gotcha. Uh, I'm in Jefferson Parish, but I'm about six blocks from the Orleans. I live right by I-10 and I-610, kind of by that split that goes into uh, New Orleans or, or goes around it. And so I'm 15 minutes from anything in the city, um, which when we could get out That's and nice. do stuff is really cool. That is nice. <laughs> well, I'm sure being from there and being down there, you know, you probably know a lot of people who own um, – bars and restaurants and that's you know that's the heart of the city there what have what have you heard feedback from them of how they're doing to make it through all this right now so um restaurants that can serve takeout meals do yeah uh and they're doing takeout and so you can go drive through and take out you know uh zia for example is uh one that's a bni member Okay. Uh, and I don't know if they have a, a one of their sto uh, restaurants up in Shreveport. I, I don't believe they so, but I, I'm familiar yeah. with the, the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. So you can go drive through uh, Zia's parking lot, order your food ahead of time, go drive through. They, they, you know, hand it to you on a tray. So you're not touching, they're not touching. Yeah. Um, so, so restaurants and bars that can do that are doing that. Um, I want to give a plug to Port Orleans Brewery. Um, Port Orleans is on Chapatulis, right off of Napoleon. Uh, Don Noel, the managing partner, is a good friend. Uh, okay. They started out of their kitchen. They started serving um, uh, service industry people that are out of work, free meals and beers. That's uh, awesome. So you can go by Port <laughs> Orleans. And, and Zach Streif is one of the owners. He's a former Saints player and the Saints color analyst. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, not the color analyst. He's the, uh, the broadcaster okay. uh, for the Saints uh, game day. He's a part owner in the brewery, and he was on TV the other day talking about, hey, man, 
we're just trying to help people. You know, we, we're, we're down right now. Everybody's down. So they're preparing food and beer uh, for folks that, that are in need, which I, I think a lot of restaurants are, are starting to follow right. suit to do those kinds of things. Um, you know, but they're hurting just like everybody else. Yeah. They, they, they can't work at capacity. Um, you know, some of them have shut down at this point. Uh, questioning whether or not they'll be able to come back. And there's definitely yeah. going to be that kind of turnover. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're going to see this is going to have a long-term lasting effect. I'll give you my opinion. Uh, my opinion is, is that we don't get back to life until we have a vaccine for this thing. Until some sort of, and we're 12 to 18 months away from that vaccine. Now, will we be able to come back a little bit? Yeah, we will. We'll be able to get back to, meeting and face-to-face, but we'll still have to practice some safe, uh, use some safe practices to keep ourselves from getting sick. So, um, you know, the, the million-dollar question for me is, once you have it, are you immune to it? Uh, and right. I haven't heard a definitive one way or another uh, on that. And if that was the case, then that's really a blessing. And if it's not the case, if it's like the flu where you can get it over and over yeah. again, um, the vaccine is going to be an absolute must. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely, and I and I hate to, I don't want to say this, and this is not negative at all, but it's been a blessing and a curse in some aspects for people who needed a wake up call. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna say it's not a, I, it's horrible for everyone right now, but there's there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of people, not and not necessarily business, but maybe personal, that needed a, a step back to really realize what's important, because I think that's been the most important thing for me and people around me is. We're all connecting more now than we ever have, even though we're not able to touch each other or get close, you know, or, you know, shake hands or anything. It's, um, it's definitely nice to see. It's, it's been humbling on social media. It's not, as been as much negative, you know, you will see negative about politics and stuff like that, but there's been a lot, a lot of, even people making light of the, um, you know, the, the memes and stuff, you know, just trying to entertain themselves while they have nothing to do, but it's, you know, you see people going out and delivering food to these um, medical workers who, can't even leave the hospital. Maybe they're two or three days at a time. Um, and then you see these, also these workers are then getting infected, you know, and they're having, you know, so there's just a lot of, there's a lot of negative going on in, in that aspect, but we're, I feel like that we're, as a society, there's, we've been a lot, you know, more responsive in a positive manner where normally that you don't see that on a day-to-day basis nationwide. Well, you know, it's funny you say it is absolutely humbling yeah. as a society we felt like we were we were rolling, right? We, we yeah. got it going on. And then all of a sudden, this little thing that you can't even see, yeah. this little bitty thing you can't even see, stops everything. Yeah. Stops everything. So, yeah, it gives you an opportunity to really step back and reflect about what's important in life. You know, what's important to you and, and how can – I love the point about how do we help people? Yeah. How do we help our frontline workers, our EMS, our docs, our nurses – our technicians that are in this thing for, you know, days at a time without a break. It's, it's, yeah. it, it is really humbling. I think that's the right word for it. And there's a lot of other businesses. I was thinking about this this morning, this that are affected, but they're still working, but they're, they're the, the way they're doing business has shifted completely. Like you have your, um your bank people, you know, they probably had to lay off half of their workers, but then you still have them operating every single day. Um, but they're not getting any human interaction anymore inside the bank. It's all remote, you know, whether it be ATM or, you know, through the drive through And then you have, you know, you also have other industries that we don't even think about beside those, you know, uh, like police, police officers still have to work. Law enforcement still have to work. Um, you know, 
shedding light on them. And, you know, no matter what happens, if they have to, you know, subdue someone or whatever, they have, there's contact. There has to be contact. Those people are in the line of fire as well, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a scary time, but, you know, we are resilient. Uh, as people and on the other side of this thing, I think we're going to find a lot of great humanity uh, and a lot of great stories about people that, that did things that were just absolutely heroic. Um, and, and, you know, those are the stories that you try and lean in on and, and try and focus on uh, as opposed to, you know, how many people got sick and, and what the death rate was. I mean, certainly those are things that you need to be aware of, Yeah. Uh, but let's, let's try and focus on the good stuff that comes out of it. Well, what are you guys' plans whenever, um, hopefully, we're looking at last update we got was April 30th. Um, what are your plans to get everything back in motion once that day, you know, once we roll over to the new month? You know, we're, we're staying in constant communication with our leaders, uh, with our chapter leaders, to encourage them to keep their chapters together through this time yeah. uh, and, and meet on Zoom. And as soon as we get permission, and your venue opens up, even if your venue doesn't open up, we'll find you enough venue. Yeah. Well, let's have that first meeting, uh, and and let's make sure we continue to practice safe social distancing practices, even if we're allowed in May to come back and, and start to meet face-to-face. You know, I, I, I would recommend the Japanese bow as opposed to the handshake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not touching each other. Yeah. I mean, we're all up here doing the elbow bump right now. <laughs> elbow, elbow, elbow bump. Although, you know, look for MMA fighters, that gets scary, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you elbow bump. Oh, hey, no. uh, but, but seriously, you know, we, we want to get our chapters, and I know our members want to get back to face to face as soon as possible. Um, but I think we're going to have to have some precautions. Um, and, and follow some guidelines as we do that. I feel like, yeah, I agree. I feel like even though that'll lift, it's still going to be a slow progression getting back into the regular day-to-day for everyone. Um, in the fitness world, you know, I'm always working out or talking to people in that industry, and um, they, everyone's freaking out because no one can go to a gym right now, whether it be um, a fighter, uh, an athlete, or a, a just a, an enthusiast who likes to work out at the gym every day. Um, we're having to be creative at home. Yes. <laughs> those, those at-home workouts that everyone, you know, people have been pushing for the past few years are actually, you know, really getting a lot of attention right now. But I was thinking about this and talking about uh, talking to someone yesterday. Gyms probably aren't going to open immediately. You have to think about that. That's another precaution you're going to have to take. It may be another month after these next 30 days before we even see those start to opening. Because yeah. there's so much contact in there and there's so many people so, you know, close together. You would, you would literally need to have a, uh, a, a custodian there to wipe down the machine after every workout. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it, it's going to come to that. And then, you know, what? you're just going to have a select few people that are willing to put themselves at risk to come right. out. Anyway, yeah. you know, so is it worth opening? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's going to affect a lot of businesses in, in that way yeah. um, where, where, Coming back is there's going to be and and I, I hate this term uh, and I've heard it from you know since Katrina but it's the new normal right I mean it's yeah. it, it's it, it's the situation we happen to find ourselves in and um, we've got to take those steps those precautionary measures to protect everyone. Well, since you said that, let me ask you this: How are you guys, being that you've been through a tragedy in a city that you know almost wiped the the, the city completely out? Um, 
is it is it almost this uh, what's the effect difference now versus what happened then are you guys are you seeing people come together like they did before you know what are the not quite yet because everybody's still at home right uh, and 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 distancing and staying safe right. say a couple of things there is no city uh in in the well i can't say in the world but there, there isn't many other cities uh other than new orleans and and really south louisiana and southern mississippi and florida i guess if we prepare for hurricanes right we prepare to shelter in place for weeks at a time. Uh, yep. We had Hurricane Isaac a couple of years ago, uh, probably 2008, I want to say, um, hit us where we were in the house for a week and a half without electricity. Yeah. At least I have electricity. Yeah. At least I have air conditioning and I've got food and I've got grocery stores that are opening, open. So it's different in that we have services we wouldn't normally have right. when we go through a, a crisis or something like that. So I feel like we're a little bit better prepared Right. Um, That's, I, I thought quite honestly that my alcohol stash was going to last longer than it did. Got to make a trip, go get some more wine. But, um, you know, so that's the difference here is that, that we're, we're kind of used to this. This is right. something that happens to us, not on a regular basis, but enough that we're prepared and we understand, okay, this is how you prepare with food. Uh, this is how we, we won't need bottled water, you know, but we got it anyway, just right. in case, you know. Right. So I'm hoping that hurricane season takes this season off and lets us get through this uh, yeah. without any storms coming our way. But but I think we're uniquely positioned as, as a, a society or as a community down here because we've been through it. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I, that's what I figured. I figured it, you know, being, being that you're, you're having to plan ahead and get buy goods or whatever it may be. And then know that knowing that you can't leave your home for however long you really, it's open-ended really, you it know, is. whether it, it's even in that situation, it's open-ended. So you don't know what you're going to be dealing with. And it's kind of just unforeseen. And yeah, I know you guys have been through that quite a bit down there. Um, so all that being said, you mentioned alcohol, and I'm going to talk about that real quick. It's the state, and I'm not sure if they've done this nationwide, but everyone's able to have to-go drinks now, which we're used to that in Louisiana anyways. And I know you guys are used to that in, in New Orleans. <laughs> but um, I definitely um, – I was I heard statistics the other day, and alcohol sales have been, went up 45%. <laughs> so that's our industry. Yes, but the bars are closed. Right, exactly. So whatever money you'd have spent at the bar – you now spent at the grocery store right. or the liquor store. You know, yep. in, here in New Orleans, we have grocery stores that, that are stocked full of, and in Louisiana, but you go to other states, their their liquor is controlled by the state. And right. it's a separate, you know, it's a state store. So uh, we're very fortunate in that. I can walk down the street to the grocery and what it is that I need. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with a little cocktail at the end of the day. A little bit of relaxation, a little bit to, to, to help relax your mind. Now, if you're, you know, if you're starting happy hour at 1030 a.m., you know, you might want to check yourself in, in that, um, yeah. you know, because that's probably not the healthiest thing for you. Um, but, you know, I find DJs weird. Uh, my wife and I are finding that we're losing a little bit of weight through this. Really? We've been home two weeks and I looked at her and said, well, we don't, we're not had any fast food, no right. fast food. We've not had anything processed. Yeah. Everything we've eaten has been homemade and controlling portions and whatnot. Now, I've not lost a ton of weight, but I'm not eating. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so it's kind of interesting. I wonder if other folks are having the same experience. I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, and you, you know, it's, 
this is a good time to learn how to cook because there's a lot of people that don't know how to cook, you know, prepare food at home. And honestly, right now during these times, that's the best way to save, you know, save money. And I eat every three hours. So I'm no, I'm seeing myself cook a lot and, you know, I do the meal prep thing, which is fortunately I do have a company that does that, you know, that I pay every week, but still that's not enough. You still got to cook every now and then. And, um, yeah, I, I, unfortunately I love to cook, you know, but the, what, so you said your kids, how are your kids now? They're 11. So what are they, what are they doing to stay in, you know, what are you doing to keep them entertained? Do you guys, have y'all, you having to do the, the homeschooling thing yet or what's going on with that? So my, my boys were homeschooled already. Okay. Uh, the state of Louisiana has a charter homeschool called University View Academy. You can look okay. them up online. University View Academy. Uh, my boys, this is their second year uh, homeschooled. They're in sixth grade uh, this year. So they've done fifth and sixth homeschool. They're already they're already used to this. Got you. Now, when much they were very disappointed because when the governor first said schools were closed, they got so excited, and then they realized that they're going to continue to do work <laughs> a little bit lighter of a curriculum, a little bit lighter of a workload. Yeah. Uh, going through this, uh, but no, no, they're still doing schoolwork every day. Um, we ride bikes uh, around the neighborhood. They've got scooters. We've got. Um, uh, that they ride around the neighborhood. So we try and keep them busy. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, that Fortnite uh, is on my TV uh, <laughs> a good portion of the day uh, when they're not doing school. And that's actually a good reward for them. If you want to play Fortnite, you got to finish your work, man. Yeah, Come on. that's a good, something to look forward to. Well, what would you be your advice to people who are not used to homeschooling since you are now, um, to those people who may be a bit frantic dealing with this and not used to having their kids being there 24-7 and having to – you know, establish a curriculum with them and make them, you know, just, it's, it's a whole shift in everything right now. Absolutely. First, first thing I'd say is create a routine, some sort of routine for your kids. We get up at eight, we get up at seven 30, we have breakfast, we go for a walk, we do a little physical activity and then we get some lessons done and then we have a snack and that, yeah, I mean, just, just some sort of routine. Kids need that routine. It, it helps them feel uh, safe and, and normal. Uh, just letting them do what they want is is going to be frustrating for you. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, try and keep your patience. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to be patient with them, but but they're in a really scary time as well because they don't really understand uh, what's going on or the severity of it. Um, I, you know, I try and keep my boys informed, but not too informed. Uh, and, and, and I try and stay patient with them and, and look, it is a challenge because, you know, we, we all get excited. Yeah. Um, so routine, try and keep some patience and then have fun with them, play board games with them, play dominoes, play video games with them, um, do things that you don't normally get the opportunity to do because you're so busy running around working and, and networking and doing all the things that you do yeah. on a daily basis. Take that time. Uh, we watched, what did we watch night before last? We watched Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg. It's an 80s movie, right? Way back. But we're watching movies like that with them and, and, and keeping time and um, teach your kids how to cook. Have them cook yeah. with you and, and you know, do, do things that are fun for them and fun for you uh, and, and shut off the social media, shut off the TV. Um, you know, yeah, check in on it, see where we right. are, see where you are. But, but, but just get, get your head out of it and, and use this as a time to connect with your family. 
I'm glad you said that about the social media. I feel like I've seen a, you would think you would see an uptick in activity and posts, but you really don't because people are restricted to what they can do. Yeah. Um, if they do put something out there, it's either, you know, a complaint about the situation, um, a positive reflection about the situation, or, you know, you don't see much else right now. There's not a lot of people out doing things. So you're not seeing people posting their, you know, where they're at, what they're doing, um, drama with this person or that person, you know, that. So it's kind <laughs> of, it's, there's a refreshing, uh, pulse there you know now i'm gonna start posting pictures of my chickens <laughs> you should you should <laughs> hey man you, hey there's a i'm sure there's a lot of people that would want to look into that now especially being at home and you know having that opportunity well there, um, there are a couple of facebook groups that are our backyard chicken groups on facebook that that people, oh really oh absolutely full of full of folks that go hey uh, they'll post something and say hey show me your your chicken coop i'm thinking about building a new one and people will post their chicken coops in the chat you know it's it's really interesting so if you are interested in chickens i'd say two things number one there's a book on amazon called the chicken for every backyard go get that book and read that book and after reading that book if you still want chickens if you still feel like you can do it then you get your coop and and get you some chicks and just like i said though six to eight months before you get an egg <laughs> that's an investment there you gotta be patient well you said uh, you mentioned that book. You're a really you're you're an avid reader, aren't you? You know, I I wish I was. I'm I'm a little ADHD to be an avid reader. Okay. Um, but, but I do force myself to get through um, business books. I force myself, and, and then listening audio is really great for me. Well, what's are, what's something you're listening to or listening to lately? Uh, whether book or audio um, for business minded or positive, you know, positive vibes that you that you may want to refer to someone. One, maybe one listen to one of my favorite books, uh, and, and I'll go through a list of them for you. I, I've got a, a, quite a few. I love Jack Canfield's The Success Principles in Life, teach you how to have that positivity, that positive attitude. He's got a formula in there uh, that says E plus R equals O, and it's the event that happens to you, the response that, so that's E plus yeah. R is your response to that event equals the outcome. So, you know, I love his, uh, that book, The Success Principles. Um, John Collins wrote a book called Good to Great. Um, and he wrote a book previous to that called Built to Last. I haven't read Built to Last, but Good to Great is an awesome business book. Okay. Um, it talks about companies that have gone from good to great and why they did that. What, what were the commonalities between those companies? Um, and then he talked about the companies in similar in, in that industry that failed. So one of the, the examples that he uses is Walgreens versus yeah. Acre Drugs. You don't see Acre Drugs anymore. No, yeah. But there's a Walgreens on every corner. Uh, and so that one, I, I really, you know, the first chapter of that book reads kind of like stereo instructions. Uh, so the first <laughs> chapter, but get through that first chapter and it becomes a pair of uh, some great research uh, documentation. Um, I read one um, last year called Retention Point. So if you've got a membership-based uh, organization, a guy named Robert Scrobe wrote uh, a book called Retention Point that talks about uh, what membership organizations need to do to retain their members. I think that one is really, uh, really good for us. Uh, the Four Disciplines of Execution uh, is another one that I thought that was really good. It talks about um, the discipline that you and your team need to have in order to achieve goals and execute. 
it's really hard to implement. I'll tell you now, <laughs> it is really hard to be that disciplined yeah. uh, in the execution. But if you can find a way to uh, make it really simple and find one thing that your team focuses on and you hold your people accountable, um, it's, it's a great book um, uh, to read. And then the last one I'll mention here is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Uh, the E-Myth Revisited, these, these, you know, a couple of versions out there. Um, that book discusses the difference between a technician and a business owner. So earlier in our conversation, I had talked to you about becoming executive director and right. business owner. And I went, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? That book addresses that. That, yeah, that, there's a lot of people that, um, yeah, they, they look at that. I'm, and thank you for mentioning all those because I, I really feel like now more than ever, those are going to be, you know, good books that people can look into while they're, you know, on the downtime to give them a possible uptick, whether it be in business or just overall, you know, moving forward right now. But yeah, when you said that, like, there's a, there's a shift and a lot of people think they want to be that person. And until they get in those shoes and they realize there's a whole shift in how everything works. You have to worry about operations. You have to worry about payroll. You have to worry about, you know, this and that. You have to deal with the drama of employees, you know, members, whatever it may be. And um, that's a lot to take on than just, you know, just kind of come to work, put your head down, doing your, your job and going home. <laughs> that's right. I mean, and look, it, it, it could be any profession. And, and I oh, yeah. use electricians uh, and plumbers and trades folks, you know, you go out. Um, you, you've got your you, you've got your certificate. You know how to do the job. You're certified. You've apprenticed under someone. You're you're the technician, and you become really good at it. And you go, you know what? I'm out here working for this person and making them a whole bunch of money. I need to do this myself. I can do this on my own. And you go out and you discover very quickly the difference between being that technician and that business owner. Well, there's a wide gap there. Yeah. Uh, that needs to be filled. And so, uh, yeah, those books will really help. And, and um, those are ones that I always recommend to our new BNI members, uh, especially that good, uh, not the good to great, the E-Myth one, uh, because a lot of them have become business owners from being technicians. They join a BNI chapter and suddenly they have more business than they can handle. Yeah. And then they quit their BNI chapter. They quit doing the thing that they were doing that made uh -oh. them busy to go handle the business and all of a sudden it dries up. I've been doing it the past four and a half years, I believe. And yeah, I've seen at least 10 or 12 people do that. I'm just like, God, if you just would, you know, if you just would have implemented something different, this could be a blessing, you know, instead of, you know, oh, I'm busy. I'm too busy now. I don't need it anymore. Uh, hire people. You've yeah. got to be prepared to scale. Delegate. And hire people. And delegate. The most, the hardest thing for business owners or people, yeah, is delegating that thing. They think they're, they're the only person that can do it and they don't want to let go of it. And it's, uh, it is frustrating. Uh, I've been faced with that. Um, I didn't realize I was that bad about it, but I am. And I've been having to make myself delegate different things, you know, so that we can grow, you know, yeah. and do what we need to do. Well, um, I have a couple more minutes here and thank you again for coming on. What, um, so what's your drink of choice right now? What's your cocktail of choice while you're at home dealing with this or just on a regular basis? Well, I, I, I tell you that um, I, I attended that uh, bartender's, uh, Stefan's uh, presentation. So I make a pretty good mojito right now. Okay. And I don't know if you can see that right there is a toy, an old toilet that I have mint planted in. <laughs> so I've got fresh mint in the backyard. That's so great. Good, pretty good mojito. Um, I love cold beer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, but see the beer just adds to me. So uh, I'm trying to stay away from it. Um, but you know, really a, a, a little vodka soda drink is, is really kind of my, my drink of choice um, to, you know, if, if I'm drinking at happy hour, 
if I'm going into a late night, you know, if it's if it's sort of 9 p.m. and I just want a little nightcap, I'll, I'll take some Woodford Reserve Double O. Oh, yeah. Put it over a big cube of ice and just sit there and sip on that. And I find myself sitting back here smoking more cigars than I should be. <laughs> um, normally, I'm so busy, I don't get to smoke a cigar. But yeah. but, but I've, I've been doing that a little bit, too, and, and just trying to enjoy some time. I, I, I like that. I, I'm a whiskey guy myself. And that being said, um, I always like to give my guests gifts for coming on. Um, so since I can't see you and give you something, I purchased you a gift card from sipwhiskey.com. Um, I was hoping that you would drop a whiskey line somewhere in this conversation, but they also do have beer, wine, and other you know spirits. But So I'm going to email you that after we get done today. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I just, I mean, I wanted to say thank you again for coming on. Is there, are there any last thoughts or, you know, anything you want to put out there to any of my listeners or viewers? Sure. Look, folks, uh, be, be assured we will get through this. Uh, we are resilient people. Uh, as Americans, we are in the greatest country in the world and we will figure this out. We will come out on the other end of this thing uh, successful. Uh, the point here, though, is to keep yourself and your family safe while we go through it. Uh, and I wish you all well, and I hope you stay safe and stay healthy uh, and uh, look forward to when we get to back to meeting face-to-face, seeing you guys face-to-face so I can give you a little elbow ball. <laughs> all right, Tim. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. And everyone, please subscribe to the podcast. You have a good day. Thanks, DJ. You too, buddy. Yes, Take sir. care. All right.